G'day guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, before we get started, I think it might be a good idea to let you guys know what I'm thinking about sort of talking about in this one, and uh, they're not easy subjects, they're uh, crap that we don't like talking about, <clears throat> which is why I want to talk about them, because um, sometimes things aren't easy to talk about. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about them because, um, you know, it's like, for example, if you're in a relationship and you're needing to have a difficult conversation to clear some things up between the two of you and um, one person saying, oh, I don't want to talk about this. Can we just can we just go for a walk on the beach and, and not not talk about this or or whatever? Then um it's just what's going to happen to that problem it's going to be bottled up and and um you know shoved aside and then when you keep doing that and keep doing that obviously things build up and they bottle up and it's not healthy for anyone so we're going to talk about some shit today um vulnerability and shame is one of them I wanted to, I've been watching a little bit of Brene Brown and feeling a little bit inspired by her because if you've, if you've um, heard or read any of her work, she's, um, she's very inspiring. So I got, I got inspired. Um, objectification, you know, rape culture, catcalling. Uh, these are a few things that I want to meander over. The other thing is is how sex is portrayed in our sort of in our media is one thing that um I guess once you see you can't unsee. <laughs> but um yeah before we get started I've been loving the feedback I've been getting from you guys. It's been very nice. Sort of if I'm if I'm losing any motivation and then a little bit of feedback pops into my, my DM on Instagram. Uh, pumps me up, you know, keeps me, keeps me going. Makes me want to do the next one. So I've been loving that. A few of you have reached out to me and said that you're thinking about trying the, the anxiety release app that I mentioned <coughs> in the previous, in the previous episode. And I don't know if I told you guys the full name of that, that app, but it's anxiety release based on EMDR. That's what it's called. It costs um, it costs something. It's actually quite a bit. It's like nine bucks or something. Well, it's not a lot to be honest. You know, you, you buy lunch for fifteen bucks, but that's not sponsored or anything. It just um, helped me out a, a crap ton when I was in a moment of need. So I thought it'd be a sound thing to do to let you guys know and um. But yeah, I mean, nine bucks—it sounds it sounds like a lot um, for an app. But if it's gonna if it's gonna help you out and make a little bit of a difference in terms of your ability to handle anxiety and stress and hard shit that's inevitable in life, then um, it's probably gonna be worth it. That's that's my recommendation. <coughs> Have you guys watched Sense Eight? Is my next question. Um, it's a show on Netflix. I'm not sure if 
I'm not sure if it's on Netflix everywhere, but here in New Zealand, it's it's on Netflix. It seems like New Zealand's got a bit of a shitty Netflix. Like, there's not many things. You go to look up anything, like The Matrix or, or Friends or just any of those classics that you would assume would be on Netflix. Such a large um, provider. But yeah, New Zealand's got nothing. New Zealand must have cheaped out, eh? They must have, I don't know, opted for the the starter pack, the basic package, rather than the premium or the unlimited version. Cheaped out and got the one without all the goodies. But we do have a show called Sense8, and I've been watching it lately. Um, I think there's two seasons on there. It takes a little while to get into. Like It's, it's one of those shows that you've kind of give a little bit before you start receiving, you know, you could have sit through two or three episodes of kind of wondering what the what the heck's going on. But once you're into it, it's very good. And um, I'll explain to you a few reasons why I think it's good. The first reason is that there's um it's very it's very varied. There's um there's a lot of diversity within um, the themes and the the cast and and stuff like that. You know, there's a Russian dude and an Indian lady, uh, a transgender lady, um, a gay couple, a Nairobian man, um, an Icelandic DJ. It's sort of a big melting pot, like a uh, like a census random selection of individuals from around the world. Um, which makes it real cool, makes it sort of, there's all these different perspectives and things like that within the movie, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about that I just kind of noticed while I was watching it was the the gay couple, and um, I've watched, of course, many movies and TV programs and, and things like that with gay couples in them, but this is, I, I found myself noticing that this was the first time I've ever watched a show or a movie with a gay couple in it that was that was portrayed in such sort of a a genuine like healthy loving relationship that causes you to become seriously like emotionally involved with the characters and with the couple and with the relationship and um why I think that's interesting is that it was just a new experience for me. Like you, you, you know, you watch a, a rom com or a romantic movie or whatever. Whenever there's a, a male and a female who fall in love, and you know the the age old um, romantic story, you get emotionally in, involved and emotionally sort of um, invested. Sorry, is a better word in that relationship and in that couple. And you know, you'll feel sad if. Um, it's looking like they're going to break up and you'll feel happy when um, they're sharing moments of ecstasy. And that's what it was like watching this, watching the Sense8 with the, with the gay couple. It just like really pulled you into the relationship and I was like, just, you know, on the edge, of, not on the edge of my seat, but like really emotionally invested, that's the word. And I was just noticed in myself that that was something that I hadn't experienced before. 
and I thought it was very cool that the directors had put just as much effort into making the audience feel just as involved with the gay couple as they had making sure that you were uh, emotionally invested in the straight couples within the show and I'm not saying that this hasn't been done before of course it was just nice I guess to see that um, sexual orientation equality I guess you could call it eh? well what do you call it yeah something like that anyway like an equality between the straight couples and the gay couples like each of them were given the same amount of sort of time and effort put into their the building of their relationships if that makes sense now um the other thing that i sort of noticed while i was watching it which i actually think is a really good thing um is the sex scenes now bear with me while i while i explain to you why this is um you know sex scenes are awkward of course um especially if you're watching it with your parents or something but um i'll explain to you why it's basically because sex is typically portrayed like i keep sounding like i I feel like i'm trying to sound smart when i say portrayed i just can't think of a better word portrayed is shown sex is portrayed in movies and tv shows from quite a male dominant sort of one-sided um perspective like it you'll you'll see it after i've after i've talked about it all the time you'll see the sex scene where uh the man is on top of the woman humping her as she is sort of staring off into the distance completely unimpressed and the man is totally uninterested in how uh, her experience of the interaction is and whether she's whatever having a good time etc and um the reason why that is so subpar is that young folks learn a lot from watching tv programs and watching movies and um porn obviously is the other place that young people learn about sex and how it works and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate and what's okay and what's not okay and so you know it's undeniable that that's like if especially if the the person doesn't have an amazing relationship with their caregiver or with their parents or the parents haven't taken the time to uh you know have the talk this the sex talk and explain um you know how things work and stuff so naturally young people are seeking information because their curious little brains are going 100 miles an hour with this newfound discovery of sex and so invariably they learn about how it all goes down in um in tv shows and movies and so that's why it's kind of so twisted and mucked up and toxic for movies to portray sex in such a horrible way it's because young boys especially are watching this going so um you hump her you don't give a fuck about what her experience is like and um and then you're done with it all right note taken 
and you can probably start to see why with with little explanation on my part uh, why this is such a bad learning environment for a young developing brain and the other sort of links in with this with the whole male dominance um, theme is and this is another one that after I've talked about it you'll see it probably all the time it's um it's I guess it's the hard to get it's it's the lady playing hard to get and how it works is um, the male expresses interest in the female whether it's in a, you know a dance club or or wherever they are he's going hey sexy lady uh come in dance with me and hook up with me or whatever and she puts up resistance and she goes um you know she might not even say anything could be a, like a pulls away or or says no or something like this and then what the what the hero does is he'll forcefully grab her and most most likely pull her right into his arms and like press her right up against him and um and through this forceful act the female character then is completely wooed by this dominance and assertiveness and decides her initial um, judgment of dislike was completely wrong and now she's head over heels in love with this amazing guy and he's the hero of the story and they're going to uh, make a family and have some kids and live happily ever after. And the reason why that is so fucked up is that it's literally just teaching rape culture. It's going, if a, if a girl says no to you, if she very clearly expresses a major lack of interest in you after you have expressed interest in her and she puts her hand up or just pushes you away or says no then you've got nothing to worry about all you've got to do now is grab her arm and forcefully yank her towards you and fucking kiss her and shit and it's going to be all happily ever after and she's just going to boom, change her mind about everything oh actually I don't think you're disgusting and creepy now um, fuck it yeah let's have some kids that's how subconsciously this is how the brain is working and it's because you've been taught these things through just the way that our society is and because you see it everywhere it's literally everywhere now that I've said that you will notice that I, I nearly guarantee it in um, a movie at some stage one of the most famous examples is it's in Star Wars I think um I remember seeing something online about it and basically I think it's Princess Leia she's going no 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 and I think is it Han, Han Solo Han Solo Harrison Ford that's who plays the character um yeah just as I explained before grabs her yanks her kisses her you know like forces this shit upon her and then she's She's then changed her mind and gone, oh, you, 
You're amazing. My dream boy. My dream man. And so this obviously then makes people not... I don't think it's a conscious thing, but a, a subconscious process in the brain that goes, she's saying no to me. This is this is a test of how dedicated I am. This is she's saying no just to test how keen I actually am on uh, courting this lovely lady. Um, which is fucked because it often is not a test and it's not playing hard to get and it's not a game and the girl just genuinely is saying no. Fuck off, I don't want to deal with you. I'm trying to have a fun night with my friends and dance and whatever else. And I'm not saying that movies are the source of problems like this because obviously what I'm touching on here is a massive, massive, huge issue with lots of um, factors and reasons involved. But um, the way we are taught, inadvertently taught through the media of how to treat women and what a healthy relationship looks like and how to um, win a lady over, for example, is um, it's not fucking helping. It is not helping. It is doing the complete opposite. It's just going like, here's, here's, here's some horrible examples of, of how you can go out and harass women. Um, and back to my point of the healthy portrayal of sex, um, that's one of the things about Sense8 that I think is really good, this, the sex scenes, although they're awkward, are, are like, it's a depiction of, it's like, you know, it's lovemaking, it's consensual and it's mutual, it was the main thing, you know, there's two people who are having sex and although it's awkward to watch, um, it's good for, you know, showing younger people that sex isn't always a one-sided thing where the guy humps the girl and the girl sits there looking at her watch wondering when this is going to be over. It's It can be, you know, a beautiful experience between two people is, um, is what that, I think, is showing um, people who are at that stage of development and learning about sex and how it all works. Well, mighty awkward conversation. No one likes talking about that stuff. I'm no exception. But I think it's important to talk about because it's like, it's just shit how that, that stuff goes on without um, without you even realizing. Like, you, you see it and you might not even realize that actually, you know, why the fuck are they showing us that? Like... Isn't that horrible? What? What? Isn't that such a bad example to set for whoever's watching it? You know. Um, and I just think the more aware you are, the less um, it will affect you. And another reason why these unhealthy depictions of sex and you know trying to win a girl over in a club is so unhealthy and wrong and like just straight up fucked up that it's on. TV programs and movies so 
um, so casually is that it literally feeds into and fuels rape culture and I mentioned rape culture before and if you're not sort of um, 100% sure on what I really mean by it it's uh, it's the systemically rooted judgment towards rape victims and society's acceptance of sexual assault and what these scenes in the movies do is it desensitizes you to sexual assault um, just like war and mafioso movies and horror movies desensitize us from violence and you know we see someone being shot in a movie and it's like it's just what happens you know you don't really think about it and it's the same thing with um sexual assault so you know if if you're out at a bar and you uh, want to talk to a girl and she doesn't want to talk to you and you grab her and pull her into you like that's sexual assault it's not a sexy move you're not calling her out on her on her hard to getness that's just straight up inappropriate and so we've been desensitized to that to such a major extent that that's literally just what guys think is appropriate and they go out there thinking that that's just the way you do it and when girls tell you to fuck off that's just them being silly and what they really want is for you to run after them and grab them and sometimes girls do play hard to get which um, of course makes the whole situation more confusing but as a general rule just sort of um, just be conscious of the and I guess it's just down to the individual um, the individual individual's ability to decipher the difference between a flirting and a genuine attempt to get you to leave them alone um, and it might just be a case of sort of um, asking yourself if it happens going like is this flirting or is this is this a um, is this a boundary are they putting up a boundary and saying stop and no I'm not interested and if they are um, that's fine just sort of respect that boundary and and move on with your night and um, this is usually the point where I would say that I'm not trying to tell anyone to do anything and stuff but um, I don't know with I kind of am you know it's like it's gotten to the point where it's 2019 and uh, I'm not I'm not trying to shame anyone or blame anyone because um, people act in such ways because that's what they've been taught that's they've been taught that that's the right thing to do or that's that's the acceptable appropriate thing to do and um, I'm here to I guess explain that it doesn't have to be like that and it shouldn't be like that and this is one of those situations like climate change where if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem you know you've got to be you've got to be trying to be part of the solution to these things and if you're not then you you're just part of the problem it's just a it's just a fact it's just the way the way these things work <coughs> and 
The solution is pretty simple. You can become part of the solution. Um, just in your day-to-day -day life, you don't have to change anything. You just just don't put up for it. Don't put up with it. If if a mate is catcalling a girl, um, don't amuse it. You know, the least you can do is just not laugh along and not go, good one, man. It was crack up when you yelled at that girl. Or if a friend is in a bar or a club or something, you can see he's being a bit pushy with a girl and um, perhaps being a little bit forceful. Just, you don't even... I mean, ideally you'd pull him up on it, but just take him away from the situation. Just go, come on, man, come we'll go do something else. Or whatever, you know, be part of the solution. And why should you care? Why should you care about this? Um, to be honest, it shouldn't have to affect you directly for you to care about this. But the fact is, is that it probably will affect you directly at some stage in your life through uh, someone that you care about. I'm wagering you have someone close to you in your life who is female and if you don't then there's a good chance that one day you'll have a daughter and learning about this kind of thing is important so as you can teach her all of these things because you know about them and you know they exist and you realize that they're a problem and you can raise her in such a way that she doesn't have to find out about it all when she's a teenager she knows about it because you've explained it to her and you've told her that it's not okay and that she has the right to stand up for herself and she has the right to say no um, when she wants to and the other side of it is if you have a son almost more importantly not more importantly equally as important if you have a son be you're going to be aware to raise him in such a way that he knows that it's not okay to be catcalling or to be grabbing women or treating females boss, boss. Where's my cat? to be treating female shut the fuck up will ya to be treating females um, as if they're property or as if, you know, that's that's the extreme end. But you want to raise your son to be part of the solution rather than the problem. And by learning about that, you're enabling yourself to do that in the future. Which is why I think it's important to talk about this shit. Because it's not easy to talk about. I don't like talking about it. But it's important. Uh, so I am talking about it. Coming back to the thing about raising your son. If you don't teach him about these things. And if you don't explain to him that this is how the world wants you to, to treat women. And this is how you're going to be taught through the movies and, and through porn and whatever the, whatever the heck else. If you don't explain all that to him. Then... You're setting him up for failure. You're setting him up to be like those guys who go out there 
and think that the way to a the way to a woman's heart is by fucking grabbing her and groping her and yelling shit at her on the street and being an obnoxious, forceful asshole. So uh, do your son a favor. And I'm sure he'll you'll save him a lot of embarrassment. And, and you'll prevent him from causing a lot of damage. Because the other side that guys don't often see is how actual how damaging it is when you catcall a girl or when you do those horrible things like I, I had a flatmate once come home from being out and about and I could see that she was like physically shaken up and was um was distressed and it turns out that some guys had been following her in the car and those guys wouldn't have been meaning to do any harm. They were just cruising on their Sunday Arvo, having having a laugh. But they were tooting at her and looking at her, and they slowed down to like a walking speed next to her and stuff. And it's like that's fucking horrible for her, man. She's yeah. It's just you don't often see it from. It's some it can be hard to put yourself in the other person's shoes, but. Um, you have to be able to be empathetic and feel what other people might be feeling in order to have healthy relationships. Um, if you can't put yourself in your partner's shoes, it's just not going to go well. I don't know how I just got to relationships just then, but it's um, also relevant, relevant, I guess. I'm not sure if you can hear the crackling of the fire. Got the wood burner going. It's a little bit chilly. Also got people in the kitchen. Don't know if you can hear that. Now I did. I remember I promised that I would talk about Brene Brown at the very start of the podcast, and I've kind of I've neglected that aspect. And we're 33 minutes into the podcast now, but um, so I'm not going to be able to cover it in in any great detail, but her idea, or what she talks about a lot, is vulnerability, and um, and it got me thinking, and it made me think that vulnerability is nearly always kind of referred to, or when, what do you, what do you think of when you think, when you hear the word vulnerability, you think of like weakness probably, and um, Maybe like a, a child or, or a puppy or something that's very vulnerable and isn't able to help itself or look after itself. And um, that's generally how the word vulnerability is sort of thought about. But um, an idea that she has talked about, which sort of really made a lot of sense to me, was that you can't have bravery without vulnerability. Um, and you can't progress or make improvements on your life or get anywhere without vulnerability. Being vulnerable is putting yourself in a position where you are uncertain of what the outcome might be, and you don't really know what's going to happen. 
um, but you're doing it anyway, you're putting yourself out there, putting yourself on the line, even just going for a job interview, going to a job interview, um, there's elements of vulnerability there, because you're putting yourself out there and you might fail, and you might get rejected, but without that, without putting yourself on the line and without being vulnerable, you're never going to get the job, are you? And the other idea is that you can't have creativity without vulnerability because how are you to... By putting your ideas out there and by creating stuff and being creative and coming up with, with original whatever, you're being vulnerable because you're opening yourself up for criticism and judgment and there's a good chance that people won't like it or people are going to hate on it or, or whatever and um, I just thought that was interesting I thought that way of looking at vulnerability as a good thing and something that we should do and something that we should strive for more often is um it's an interesting way of looking at it that I hadn't uh, thought of before and then it made me think you know by talking to you guys about stuff like rape culture and catcalling and um and sex on TV and stuff like that um I'm sort of, I'm being vulnerable myself, aren't I? I'm, I'm putting myself out there with some opinions, um, with the, and I don't, I've got no idea how it's going to go. You guys might turn around and message me, saying I'm a total, total knobhead, or, um, or you might get something out of it, and you might, uh, agree with what I've said, and, um, or, Ideally, this has maybe even helped shift a few perspectives. Um, but yeah, the idea is that you just you don't know what's gonna what what the outcome is gonna be, and you can't improve or progress without being vulnerable. And the easy thing for me to do would be to not put this shit out there to the to the whole wide world, and to keep these thoughts to myself. But um, I'm not making any personal progress there, am I? And I'm not I'm not helping anyone else make any personal progress either. So here we are. <laughs> and you know, another idea is I was talking to my auntie on the phone who uh, works in Dublin, and she made the point to me that you make more, way more of an impact on people when you're standing up for something that doesn't directly affect you. You know, like, you're you're less likely to listen to a homeless man preaching about how unfair homelessness is than you are um, a middle-class person with a, with a normal house and home who isn't homeless preaching about how terrible homelessness is 
you're much more likely it's, it's going to grab your attention because that person's not doing it for their own sake they're not backing their own agenda they're doing it because it, it makes you go oh fuck there must be a serious problem here if someone is kicking up a fuss and it doesn't even affect them directly and so that's the idea that's the mindset that I have with with all of this sort of stuff is that it doesn't affect me on a daily basis because I'm male and I don't get harassed in public and no one cat calls me but hopefully the fact that I recognize it as a massive problem and that I'm talking to you guys about it and urging everyone to shift their perspective and um, think about things like this in a different way theoretically should have more of an impact because it doesn't affect me like why should I give a fuck doesn't bother me I'll go out and about and I never get never get a, never get bothered by anyone male or female people leave me alone when I'm in public but it's not the case for the other gender is it and the cool thing about that is that everyone on earth is born in a position where they can make change in an area that doesn't affect them because it has more impact you know I'm I'm a feminist meaning I believe in equal rights for males and females which is fair enough don't you reckon well this has been a rather a rather big chat that we've had today quite a huge chat um, about some heavy crap but you hear it at 40 minutes into the podcast, so thanks for sticking with me. And I tried my best to stay on topic, but it is pretty easy to to sway off off topic and and um, lose lose the focus and the the mindset of or um you know coming back to like what what was the point that I was trying to make when I first started this specific topic, you know. Sometimes I gotta pause it and, and listen back and go, oh, that's right, that's what I was talking about. But um I thank you very much for listening. I asked I asked you guys on Instagram whether I should carry on with the solo the solo act or um get some guests on. And ye seemed pretty fond on the idea of me getting some guests on. Um I definitely will do that. I'm not sure when that will happen because, um, as you know, I'm still recovering from my injury and sitting at home. And so unless I contacted someone and they came here or I figured out how to do a phone interview, maybe. Um, but I have left a comment on one of Joe Rogan's YouTube videos uh, asking if he wants to be a guest and um, so it's really just a matter of time before he gets in touch with me and um, and we'll organise it from there. The ball's in your court, Joe. I've also contacted Elon Musk. He should be on here soon once he gets to my email. 
I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. I realize it was a bit of a toughie, bit of a hard one, a lot of walk in the park. And it wasn't for me either. It's a tough one to talk about, like I've said before. But if you did get anything out of it and you did enjoy it even even a little bit, then um, please let me know and don't be shy and drop me a message or uh, recommend it to a friend as a big one, you know, help me get to my goal or write me a review, write me a couple, couple sweet little words, an acrostic poem preferably, but um, just a normal review will do, I'll settle for that as well. And on the last note, Brene Brown said that when she was dealing with people who were going through crisis and um, and hardship, you know, had lost a family member or or something terrible had happened, um, the thing that they all had in common was that they said that they missed just the normal stuff in life. You know, like just going for a walk or being able to chill out and eat your dinner without without the burden of the crisis on your mind so I implore you to to uh, to do that to enjoy your lives and hopefully nothing too terrible is happening in your life at the moment the other thing is to imp- appreciate health appreciate your good health and your um, the fact that you're not sick at the moment oh I hope you're not sick at the moment if you are get well better get well better get well soon but um, it's the classic one, eh? You never appreciate your health until you're sick. So have a go appreciating your health while you're not sick. And um, yeah, I'll leave you off for now. This is the longest podcast yet. We're nearly 45 minutes. Um, but you're here at the end, so again, I must have kept you somewhat engaged. And um. Enjoy the rest of your day. Go in peace.